What's up, everybody? Welcome into the F6 Football Podcast. Cam Copeland here with Alex Roglin, and we are back, baby. We did take last week off because of Thanksgiving, spend some extra time with our families, but we are very glad to be back and talking football once again. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Cam. It's great to be back. Had a lot of fun last week. Uh, Ate a lot of turkey, probably too much turkey. Um, and ate some pie and, and just enjoyed, uh, I know we threw the football around as well, watched some football. So we didn't, we didn't take a break from football, but we took a slight break from the podcast, but that just means there's more to talk about tonight. Exactly. Yeah. We, we do have a lot to talk about. I wanted to do a little bit of a recap on the last couple of weeks. Not, not every game of course, or we'd be here all night, but just, uh, just a couple of games. And I know this is Saturday. Uh, with everything going on, you know, we'll, we'll give you about seven minutes to watch, uh, to listen and before the games are played uh, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon. But we will get back on a normal schedule. We say it every week, but, you know, this time, maybe it's for real. Maybe not. We'll see how it goes. Alex, where do you want to start? <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. And, yeah, we, we do appreciate everybody's flexibility with us. We're uh, we're trying to get it nailed down as well. We got a lot going on. But, hey, we're bringing the heat tonight. So, um, yeah, let's go back. I mean, we probably need to go back and talk about our uh, the last time that we did our picks. So um, those were actually back in week 11. And since we didn't have a week 12 show, we didn't have a chance to go over those. So um, our my week 12, or excuse me, week 11 pick was Minnesota over Denver. So remember, I was riding, riding high with Josh Dobbs. I was going to take him again. Uh, that fell short there. That was actually a really close game. Um, but uh, I think I think Denver pulled that out by a point. So, yeah, lost that one. Uh, and then, of course, in week 12, while we're, we're talking about it, Minnesota looked pretty terrible. Um, now, some of those picks for Dobbs, I had four interceptions in that game against the Bears. Not all of those were his fault. But, I mean, I like Josh Dobbs. I like the story. But, I mean, you know, when the, you know, backup, he's probably backup quarterback potential. Maybe a high-end backup. But still, I mean, when you're, when you're playing a backup every week, you know, it's just – you can't expect to have elite level of play the whole season. So Josh yeah. Tom's train slowing down just a little bit. But that does take my record uh, and upset picks to three and seven. So I'm starting to run out of time to get her get her back to 500. Um, but uh, anyway, what do you think, Cam? Yeah, uh, the thing about Josh Dobbs is, you know, he's probably not going to play himself into a starting role, but he can still play himself into a lot of money, right? You think about yeah. Taylor Heineke coming in, playing that game, and then he started – for a while for Washington and hearing himself a pretty good size contract with, uh, with Atlanta, you know, it's nothing huge for NFL standards, but it's a lot more money than I'm going to make over the next few <laughs> years anyway. Yeah, so, too. <laughs> yeah, so Dobbs could definitely have a role, whether it's with the Vikings or another team wants to pay him, you know, maybe in that eight to 10 million a year mark, um, he, you know, depending on how he finishes out the season, you could definitely earn that high um, high value backup quarterback contract. And that's really the best position to play in the NFL, right? Backup quarterback. That's the dream. So, uh, you know, I like, I like the pick. I like rooting for Dobbs Broncos. They're on a five game win streak now, which is crazy. Uh, again, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but, uh, good coaches make adjustments and turn things around. Russell Wilson's finally starting to look a little bit more like Russell Wilson. Uh, not, not fully, but he's getting back there. And uh, they could definitely, I, they could even push for a wild card spot at this 
this rate. They're so in the mix. Yep. To watch them over the next few weeks. My pick a couple weeks ago was the Eagles over the Chiefs. My rationale behind that is that I just think the Eagles are a more overall talented roster uh, than the Chiefs, and they pulled it out on on Monday night thanks to Jalen Hurts and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Great, <laughs> yeah, great the Chiefs gave him a little help there. <laughs> yeah, Mahomes' throws on that last drive were just insane. They they were right on target. They're exactly what you want. Yeah, even and, that fourth and twenty-five, you know, yeah, that one, it was hit, there. Hit, hit Watson in the, in the face, actually. And that, yeah. was, that was a catch. So, yeah, yeah no, I mean, that, that was. You know, if, if you're being nitpicky, like very nitpicky, if Mahomes had thrown that maybe a quarter second sooner as he was turning around, maybe it, it's it's a completion. Definitely not on Mahomes there, though. You got to look for the any openings you can when it's fourth and twenty-five. Nothing's a gimme there. So, very yeah. exciting game. Came down to the wire. Um, Alex survived. Uh, his heart made it through that weekend, and we're back with you today. Yeah, we just, you know, I was just looking at the Super Bowl ring on my finger. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it was a good game. I mean, you know, that, that game, thinking back early in the season, I mean, that, that game against the Lions, the Chiefs, you know, lost that game with receivers dropping multiple passes, you know, that, that should have caught. They're very catchable balls. So, you know, they haven't been again against against the Eagles. But, um, I, you know, I still think that I, I love the development coming from Rashi Rice where, he you know, every week he looks better and better. Had a huge game against the Raiders this last week. So um, I still think that the Chiefs are going to be just fine. Um, their defense is still playing solid. Uh, offense is still kind of picking up steam. And and I know Andy Reid, you know, he, he saved some really good stuff for the big games and the playoffs. So I'm, I'm sure I still have confidence that Reid and Mahomes will figure it out. Um, and, and I still don't see a lot of, you know, there's certainly going to be competition. There's no easy path to the Super Bowl. Um, but I, you know, but, but we'll talk more about it here, but I still think the chiefs are going to be the team to beat in the AFC. And I think this is a great time to bring up our preseason bet of Rashi Rice versus Sky Moore. Now Sky Moore, you know, he's only a little bit below half of Rashi Rice's points. So I think I still have a chance <laughs> or in by points, I mean, yards, uh, yeah, that, that's not looking good. It's crazy because Moore got the starting job over the uh, – mm-hmm. he was gifted it uh, over yep. the offseason. He played many snaps. He had awful metrics all around. And Rashi Rice is the leading wide receiver on this team now. So he's a, he's really is second, Yeah, see. he's the second, second best pass catcher after Kelsey. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that I – I think the thing that I like – the thing that I really like about Rice is he just has so much physicality that he's so physical that he gets a lot of yards after the catch. Um, and it's not him just running out of bounds or juking people. I mean, he lowers his shoulder and runs guys over. And I love to see that. I mean, he, I'm, I'm not saying he's DK Metcalf, but he reminds me, you know, of a very maybe maybe Debo, like a very physical a guy that's not looking, you know, not looking to juke you, a guy that's looking to run you over if you're a corner or a safety and he has the ball out in the open space. So yeah, um, and, definitely and impressive that, with the way he runs with the ball. Yeah, and at SMU, you know, he was uh, targeted so heavily. He was one of the most targeted receivers in the in in all of the US. <laughs> and he's this he was this big, you know, contested catch guy, possession receiver. And then everyone was surprised they show about the combine. And he was just smaller than the other big contested catch guys, right? You expect, you know, 6'4", 225. You expect the DK Metcalf, A.J. Brown build. 
He showed up barely over six feet tall, weighing maybe 200 pounds. And they're like, all right, so maybe he's not that dominant X receiver, but he's still so explosive, so physical that he has a role. And he's been a great weapon against zone coverage. And as you said, he can, if he finds that soft spot, he gets it, he can turn up field and run some guys over. So he's, he's fun to watch. Glad that I drafted him in every dynasty fantasy draft <laughs> over this last off season, sitting on my taxi squad, waiting for him to be a bona fide number one someday. Maybe we'll see. That'd be great for the chiefs. Uh, now, before moving on from week 11, are there some other games you want to touch on? Um, yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, I guess the only other one, I mean, obviously that Eagles and, and, uh, and chiefs game was certainly, you know, the one that I was, I was paying the most attention right. to. Um, but looking back at the slate, um, you know, I, I think that, that the, um, another game that, that was, I mean, it was obviously we didn't have uh burrow, but I mean, that Ravens Bengals game, you know, the Ravens sort of put that away in the second half. And that was just indicative, I think of, of showing that the, the Bengals fallen off. Um, and I don't expect to see much from them, which is really unfortunate because, you know, the, the Chiefs and the Bengals do play on on New Year's Eve. And, man, I was really excited about that game. That was a game I had circled on my calendar. Um, I mean, I watch all the games, but I was really excited about that one. And um, and I just feel like that's definitely a bummer for this Bengals team because, you know, they're about to go into a difficult contract situation, uh, you know, with, with having to pay two two receivers who both, I think, are expecting top of market deals. And so wrapping up that much money into wide receivers, of course, Burroughs, you know, cap it's going to start hitting next year. Um, so they're going to start having to let some guys walk because there's only so much money. So it makes you wonder how much that's going to impact the defense. And, uh, and, and, and I know they've already had some struggles, the offensive line this year. So I think, uh, I think it's unfortunate for the Bengals uh, that this season is going to, is really going to probably, probably kind of simmer out with a little bit of a whimper. And then uh, hopefully they can recoup, keep some guys around because, they're a great squad and, and i think they really add a lot of uh, a lot of high-end value to the afc yeah and a lot of the big talking points on that team is what they're going to do with t higgins in the offseason right so it will be interesting to track their transactions and see how they approach next season with their their new uh you know see who they resign now on the other side of that game with the ravens i mean they're they're just so dominant and mike mcdonald their defensive coordinator is a big name uh, for a potential head coaching position this offseason. You know, you hear the, the Ben Johnson always brought up for the Lions, and then you hear Jim Harbaugh a lot, right, at Michigan coming back. And the funny thing is, is that Mike McDonald was the defensive coordinator at Michigan in 2021. And there are some connections there. So a lot of people are, are uh, speculating. You know, I don't know Mike McDonald's contract with Baltimore, but if Jim Harbaugh goes to a head coaching spot of a team and Mike McDonald doesn't get the head coaching spot he wants, uh, maybe he doesn't even want it. Who knows? But maybe they end up working together. And uh, they, there's some some teams who could use a coaching duo like that. So it, it'll be it's going to be a fun offseason. But the Ravens defense is absolutely legit. And they're playing every type of defense possible. They don't have a scheme. You know, they don't play that soft shell cover two that a lot of Ben don't break. They don't have normalized blitzing patterns. You know, the chiefs are all, always are known for always attacking from every, with every angle. He changes it up every game, depending on the matchup. He has 
of false looks all the time, just changing things up play after play. And it's confusing and it's working. So it, it's it's fun to watch their defense. Um, and the addition of Kyle Hamilton being a, uh, in the draft a couple of years ago, being able to pull off some of the things he's asked to do, he, he might be in Pro Bowl contention this year, whatever the Pro Bowl means to people at this point in the stage. But it's still, it's still a, a good accolade. So Ra- Ravens are a fun team. They're definitely contenders. Yeah, agreed. Uh, only other game from Week 11, Commanders-Giants. Giants won because they always do. That's all I'm going to say about it. Giants won. Yeah, again. that was tough. Hey. That was tough. Man. All right. All right. Let's go get Alufashanu. Now, on to Week 12. Uh, we did not have any picks, uh, any upset picks for this week because we were out. But Alex and I, as he said in the beginning, did get to watch some of the games together. Uh, we, we ended up watching the, the Lions-Packers, you know, the, those Thursday games. Some of the Commanders-Cowboys, not all of it. Uh, we, we thought it was a better use of our time to go throw around a football in the second half after seeing <laughs> seeing a great first half from that game. Uh, so, yeah, uh, Alex, what games stood out to you the most from this slate? You know, I actually think Week 12 was a pretty solid slate. You know, there, there was like a lot of close games. A lot of games came down to the wire. Um, so a couple games that I particularly enjoyed is that that Jaguars Texans game. Uh, that was a great game. That was really a great game. And uh, and you know it's so funny looking back. You know I I I'm willing to you know eat crow when I make a bad call. And I know the Texans were a team I said I had no interest in watching. And guess what, everybody, I was wrong. They are fun. You know I love I love the way that C.J. Stroud. Um, man, he looks like he's just so calm out there. He doesn't look rattled at all. He just calmly. Uh, delivers and man, he throws a beautiful ball. So you know the the fact that the Texans came back and then and then that kick, Amendola, you know who uh, shout out to him filled out for the he filled in for the Chiefs last year when Butker was hurt. But anyway, he came in there, man, and he he I, I thought he drilled that kick. It was I think 60, 62 yards, I think is what it was, and um, bounced off the you know and, and came all the way down and then bounced off the 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 center bar. Uh, maybe it wasn't 62. I it think was, it, was, it was 59 or 60. Okay. I was like, it was, it was a bomb. It was, it was an absolute bomb. Um, and then he got it there and just bounced off the forward upright. Uh, but I, and I know that otherwise that would have went through, they would have had to go into overtime. Heck of a game. So this Texans team is feisty. And, uh, and just as a little sneak peek in week 13, uh, they actually have a huge game this week, uh, against Denver. I know we talked about, you know, the, uh, the, the, the AFC wildcard and, uh, it's looking like the Jags will probably pull that, pull out that division, but the Texans are sitting at six and five, uh, going to be playing the six and five, uh, Denver Broncos. And, uh, that's actually going to be a really big game when it comes to playoff, playoff seating. Cause whoever loses that game is probably on the outside looking in, uh, when the end of the year rolls around. So that was a great game. Uh, definitely one that stood out and one that I think was pretty enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, Two months ago, could you imagine saying, wow, I can't wait to watch the Broncos-Texans two, three months ago? But that that's going to be a good game. And uh, just speaking of the head coaching candidates that, that we were earlier, the Texans offensive coordinator, Bobby Slowick, his, he has been a, a very great surprise this year. I, I don't know if it was really a surprise to the people who know him because everyone who knows him personally only says good things about him. But he has, you know, taking a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud and 
you know, leading him to this dominant performance, right? It's not all Bobby Slowick and it's not all CJ Stroud uh, doing this. It's a, it's a combination and, you know, just props to him for, for really turning around this Texans offense. So that, you know, they, they are going to be a fun team for years to come with the draft picks selections that they hit on this year. All right. Now, uh, in, uh, I'd say my favorite game of week 12 had to be, I favorite is, is a hard way to put it, but the bills Eagles because of just how that game ended, it, it seems so absurd at the end, but you know, you can never count out the Eagles and Jalen hurts, but, uh, I need to go back and watch a recap of that game again because man, it, do you have any thoughts on that game, Alex? Yeah, that was, that was a great game. You know, no, I thought it was a great game. I, I was impressed with the kind of the, the, you know, I mean, I honestly think that that game to me impressed me from the Eagles more than their win over the chiefs, which might surprise some people, you know, knowing that I'm a big chiefs fan, but I guess what really what really impressed me about that game was obviously the Bills were in desperation mode. I mean the Bills the Bills understand probably more than anybody they're on the they're on the toughest stretch of their schedule and the playoffs are not a lock. It's definitely still there and they're in the mix, you know, definitely in the mix there uh, for the wild card spot, but not a lock and they certainly have a tough schedule. Um, and so, you know, they were really in desperation. I thought Josh Allen actually played great. And I thought it was so I thought what, what also impressed me is that, you know, the Eagles were coming off really a short week against a, you know, really had had an extremely physical, difficult, you know, difficult game against the Chiefs. I mean, that was a that was really a, a difficult game on both teams, I think. And uh, and so see and then having to come back and now play, you know, at home against a really sort of feisty and desperate Bills team that certainly has some some of the best high end talent in the league. Um, and the way that they were resilient and uh, and still still fought through, kept you know you know taking punches and throwing them back, um, and that really impressed me with the way the Eagles still pulled that game out. So um, that sucks for Bills fans for sure, because I know that was definitely one they wanted back. Uh, but I mean, it's not. I don't think I don't think that's Josh Allen's fault at all. I think the defense. I was one thing that did surprise me, Cam, is I just don't understand this when when that the the Bills defense especially there in overtime, uh, well, actually that last drive, that last drive before the end of regulation. I mean, why are you in full prevent? Like they don't need a touchdown. They, they just need a freaking field goal. So I just don't understand. This drives me nuts. And it's like Sean McDermott should know better. If a fan, if I mean, I'm not a defensive coordinator, certainly, but as a fan, I understand. If you, if you have your corners 12 yards off the ball, then they're just going to throw five-yard hitches the whole way down the field or, or, or out routes. I just don't understand that. It, it, play your base defense. Play your base defense and use some help, some safety help or something just to make sure they don't try to throw it over your head. But you can't just – I mean, all the way down the field. So that that's my rant is I just don't understand these NFL defensive coordinators. When the other team only needs a field goal, don't give them seven, eight, nine, ten yards of cushion and let them just throw short passes the whole way down the field. It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean that there's going to be some turnover on that coaching staff, right? They already fired what was it, Ken Dorsey, I believe, and yep, and McDermott. I I don't know if he lasts through next season. I really don't know if he makes yeah. it to you know through the off season uh, process. He he is on the hot seat for sure. They'll have to have some 
big turnaround. And honestly, I don't see that happening with only five games remaining, three of them being the Chiefs, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Yep. And then the other two teams, I mean, the, the Chargers can pull out a win, right? They, yep. The Chargers, you never know what the Chargers are going to do. Chargers <laughs> don't know what the Chargers are going to do, honestly. <laughs> it's uh, so it, it's, it's pretty much a coin flip any given week with them, which is kind of funny to, to see man they they need they need some help with uh with play calling man, and whatnot but I'll tell you cam won't, won't that be a heck of a job opening though like if they miss the playoffs if they miss the playoffs and mcdermott's on the way out who knows with stefan diggs you know he he always has some drama so maybe he'll want more money or gone or whatever but and, and i know you have that big contract with 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 josh allen but I mean, think about how some coaches will go their entire career and never have a guy that has that level of talent, you know, and a guy that's that 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 has an opportunity to to really be an MVP. I mean, Allen has that that level of talent, year in and year out. So I think uh, I would think that that would be the the top pick, you know. And they got well, some they got some cap problems and other things going on, but I would think with Josh Allen that would be a very uh, desirable job. Well, yeah, it, it will definitely be enticing. But the thing is, you have the Bills with Josh Allen's, and then Brandon Staley is probably gone. And yep, then, you know, the Chargers too. with Justin absolutely. Herbert. And then, honestly, if Matt Eberflus is fired from the Bears, I mean, they they have two probably top mm-hmm. five. Probably Caleb Williams. One of them is probably number one. Yeah, Caleb yep. Williams. They're probably yep. not taking another, you know, North Carolina quarterback over – someone who's projected to go ahead of him that they're not making that decision again, but uh, probably Caleb Williams over Drake may that's, that's going to be a very enticing position. And Justin Fields is playing well too, right? So they don't necessarily have to take a quarterback. They could just collect assets or they could trade Justin Fields for quite a lot, right? Quarterbacks always go for a lot Uh, and and he's playing well. It's not like he's even still this, this up and coming project. So I think, those are all going to be very desirable positions, uh, landing spots for these head coaching candidates we've been talking about. And that's a bit unfortunate for, for my commanders. Now, Sam Howell is, you know, he's, he's great too, guys. (laughs) He's, he's, he's good, but yeah, he's no Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, or potentially, you know, Caleb Williams. No, so, that, that's really a great point, Cam, because, you know, especially thinking about Herbert and Allen, I mean, how often does a job come open, you know, potentially two jobs come open with a, a elite, talented quarterback, you know, theoretically in the prime of their career, you know, in their kind of late in the, in those late 20s years. Uh, man, I mean, both of the fact that there could be those jobs. I, I, I know that Sean Payton has turned things around in Denver. But you got to, I mean, I bet you when he's at the table at home, he's kicking himself for not waiting another year. You know, I, I almost wonder if he would have waited one more year, you know, collected some more checks from Fox, you know, done the whole TV thing. If he, I mean, I can imagine as an, just as an offensive guru, putting him with either of those teams, man, I bet he would have, uh, I bet he would have been a top pick for either of those jobs. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, the, the two teams who've already fired their coaches and, the Raiders and the Panthers. Panthers. Those are not as desirable spots overall. I like Bryce Young. I do. But them not having their first round pick, that's probably going to end up being Caleb Williams on another team. It's it's a little little demoralizing. I mean, just, just mentally. And all of their 
star players on defense need to be re-signed. Yep. Right? They, Brian Burns isn't on contract. They're probably going to extend uh, Derek Brown. I know I, there's there's someone I'm missing. Uh, hold on. Almost there. Jeremy Chin. Jeremy Chin, I believe, is uh, yeah, is is needs to be resigned as well. So they don't. They already don't have a ton of cap space. So they they have decisions to make. Are they going to let their cornerstone defensive players go? Uh, are they going to enter this? I, they're clearly in a full rebuild, but they just traded the farm for Bryce Young. Are they going to yeah. then trade away all their other assets and just push it down the road further? Because Honestly, if they don't resign, oh Frankie Louvu, uh, he might be off of contract as well. I believe uh, I'll, I'll look that up in, here in a moment. But if they let these guys go, they might be three, four years away from, from competing. At which point, if Bryce Young is playing well, you need to pay him. <laughs> so it's just not—it's a hard spot. You know, I hope they can get get this figured out because I I like a lot of these players. I like the team. Um, you know, no, it's not like it's Dallas or anything I'm, I'm talking about here. So if they can make some good decisions, maybe they can turn around. But there's no way it's as desirable as the other teams we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another couple, I think, you know, another couple games um, that you know we we don't have to touch too long on. But um, I thought that I, 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 we actually, I think we're talking about this the other day, but I. The, I know we've had a Steelers fan on here, um, but I, I, I did have to laugh that I did see you know, one of my other buddies, a big Steelers fan, and how happy Steelers fans were that they that they got 400 yards of offense and oh, how yeah. it had been like so long since that had happened. But then it also made me laugh because I was like, but you still, you still only scored 17 points, uh, 16 points actually. Yeah. And so I, I don't, this Steelers team, like, they, they're probably going to make the playoffs because their schedule doesn't even look that hard down the stretch. And Jeez. I mean, their defense is, is, is really good. No doubt about it. Their defense is playoff worthy, but their offense is just painful. I mean, it's painful to watch that. Like, yeah. So I don't, somehow the Steelers are going to get in the playoffs probably, um, you know, as a wild card team probably. And um, cause I still think the Ravens will, will win that division, but uh it's just crazy to think, because to me, the, the the Steelers do not seem like they, they should be a playoff team. But who knows? They might get in. <laughs> now, they have other issues as well. But do you think that the Steelers are thoroughly going to be doing their homework on the quarterbacks in this upcoming draft class? You know, that's a great question. I don't know. Like The Steelers, they, they, are, they are a very... I don't know if risk averse is probably the word I'd use. Like, it feels like they're a very risk averse organization. Um, they are very loyal to their players and their coaches. Like, it feels like they are, are just, they're going to lean on the side of taking longer to move off of players, you know, than maybe other teams will. Um, especially people that have, you know, been really core to, to I think, their identity as a team. Um, and obviously very patient ownership. So I don't think so. I don't, I, I don't. I, I think there's de clearly doubts about Pickett, but I just don't see this. The Steelers as an organization, I, I think that they like that consistency and they're just very loyal. And so, you know, he is a, he is a first round pick, even if he wasn't a really high first round pick, but I think they're going to at least give him another year 
Um, so I, I do think, I think Pickett is there for at least another year. And then I think after that, maybe we'll see, we'll see where we're at the end of next year. Yeah. And you know, I didn't personally watch that game as closely as a lot, some of the other games, the, the Steelers Bengals, but I heard that the Steelers use Darnell Washington a lot more, uh, you know, rookie tight end monster rookie tight end, may I add in the run game and it helped their run game efficiency a lot. And Kenny Pickett threw it over the middle of the field more than any other game this season. Just again, I, I didn't watch it per se, but those are <laughs> using your personnel, how they're supposed to be used to your advantage and throwing easy first reads over the middle of the field. That's like very basic stuff. And the Steelers fan we had on the show said Ben Roethlisberger went on a podcast and he was wondering where the easy plays were, right? The, mm-hmm. the 10, 12 yard hitches. Right, the the quick slants. Just it, it seems like Canada was making this uh, this offense unnecessarily hard for a young quarterback, and you know it, most people do not like how he's called plays in the past as well. But especially when you have a quarterback on a rookie contract, right? You you want to make the game as yeah. easy as you possibly can for him to succeed. Now, I just to touch on this real quick in. Uh, at least through the first half of the season, Eric Bieniemy had Sam Howell using his first read over 75% of the time. That's that's how it should be. You know, and they're saying, oh, Howell's not doing well because he's using his, he's not going through his progressions. Well, he's not, not supposed to necessarily on some of these quick timing plays, right? It, it's the plays there or then you can move off of it. But if it's there, it's there. So just hopefully they can bring someone in this offseason who knows how to work with a young young quarterback and and they'll probably give Pickett another chance next season as well I'm I'm not saying saying they should move off of him I'm more saying you know they might get a pick in the 20s if they make the playoffs maybe there's a guy there who they like right towards the back of the first round whether he starts next year or not all right Alex you want to move on to this upcoming week yeah, let's do it. Um, and of course, we are doing, you know, on uh, on Saturday night. So we got one in the books already, which was actually a great game. Uh, by the way, that Thursday night game, you know, that there was no punts in that game. You know, no punt game. I thought that this, I thought Seattle would hold on. Uh, they were unable to do that. And I know the, the Cowboys came back and won. But uh, also the Cowboys, you know, Cowboys supposed elite defense i mean gino was just cutting them up all game had, had probably his best game all year i think he had what three passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown so yeah maybe if i remember right he had like 300 yards passing um so yeah 334 so yeah he looked great man um so that was just i i think it was a little bit of a uh maybe a little bit of a trap game for dallas but they did they did come back around and pull it out so uh, you know, congrats to Dallas and uh, and their fans, but uh, that was a it was actually a surprisingly good game. Oh yeah, it, it was a great game. But the thing about Gino, you know, he he did only have a fifty six percent completion percentage, which isn't great. And it, and Dallas does have a great defense, but DK Metcalf did so much of the work for this team that night. I mean, when he is on, he is on, and it's a shame he's not always on because he is the most he might be the most physically dominant player at his position in the NFL. I, I just think he is. No one else comes to mind. He was, I mean, you, you'd think maybe A.J. Brown, 
But you've seen the picture of them standing next to each other uh, in college. Have you seen that? Oh, they're so. next to each other shirtless. Okay. And AJ Brown looks like a little boy <laughs> next to DK. It's crazy. I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you. But it's, uh, you know, Metcalf with 134 receiving yards and three touchdowns. It's wild. So that's going to skew his fantasy numbers for, mm-hmm. for the year. And just think that the Chiefs could have had him. The Ch- instead, the Chiefs drafted McCole Hardman and, and when DK was still available. Ah, what a they missed. They want that one. They want that one as a do-over for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so then looking ahead, I guess it's time we'll, we'll go ahead and make our, our upset picks for the week. Um, back on the track with week 13. So for me, I'm going to surprise myself, which uh, I'm, I need to do something differently uh, because what I've been doing hasn't been working. So I'm going to go against a team that I, I have enjoyed watching. And actually, I already alluded to this game earlier as a big game. Uh, I'm going to take Denver over Houston. So right now, Houston's favored by three. Um, and that, that game is in Houston. So, you know, they, I think it's basically a pick them, I guess, cause they got, yeah. you know, they're getting three points for being at home. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, I think that'll be a close game. Um, but I do think, I think Denver has, man, I, they have really been surprising with the coaching job cause they, they weren't just bad. They were, they were abysmal. They were, I mean, they were a laughing stock. It looked like, it looked like Sean Payton was going to be on the hot seat halfway into the season. And it actually all really turned for them in that game against Kansas City. They, they, you know, they played a home game against Kansas City four weeks ago. Uh, you know, and I think the Chiefs were, you know, wasn't their A game for sure. They usually have a letdown game early in the year. That's not uncommon for for the for Andy Reid led teams. But either way, I mean, they beat the Chiefs by, you know, I think it ended up being by two scores. So really, just um, you know, really got a bunch of takeaways, and and ever since then they have been hot. So um, I do think it'll be a close game. I, I, I would obviously, I think Stroud is certainly better than, than Russell Wilson, but I think that the Denver defense went from being abysmal to actually, you know, keeping them kind of keeping them in games. So I think it'll be close, but uh, got to make an upset somewhere. So I'm actually surprising myself and picking Denver over Houston. Yeah. You know, it's funny how nonchalantly you said, and of course, CJ Stroud is better than Russell Wilson. I mean, it's crazy that, that you'd say that, but here we are, right? And C.J. Stroud is vastly outperforming Russell Wilson. Now, Wilson is starting to improve a bit on the yeah. season, as we said earlier. But, you know, I, I like that pick. It was on my short list at three uh, on my short list. And I, I was probably going to take that one if you did if you took my pick. So I'm I'm all about it. I think that it could go either way. I, I would take Houston if I had to choose, but it's very close. Um, now the team I'm going to go with, I'm going, uh, I'm doubling up as well, like you did a couple weeks ago. I'm taking Philadelphia at home mm-hmm. over San Francisco. You know, again, they just beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago, and now they are against the other supposed best team in the NFL. Mm. And I, now I do think San Francisco and Philadelphia both have more talented overall rosters than Kansas City. So I can't really use the argument of the Philadelphia roster being better than San Francisco. Uh, but they are right on par with each other. And Philadelphia at home and just just coming off of such a brilliant win last week, I, I'm just going to take them again. Uh, it's an upset, right? San Francisco is favored to win. When I looked at these lines earlier in the week, it was 2.5. Uh, now the line is up to three. So 
San Francisco even more more heavily favored going in that direction. Yep. Uh, but the, you know, this is another. This is a game we're gonna see again, most likely. So yeah. Uh, yeah. What, what yeah, do you I think do. of this pick? Yeah, I, I think that's the game of the week. I definitely think this is the, the necessarily oh, the standout game that, that everyone's going to be watching, which is also surprising that it's the afternoon game, um, that they don't have it on, on another primetime slot. Because you'd also think earlier in the year when they were preparing the schedule, I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't have wanted this game. Unless unless Fox said that's the game that we want. And, and you know, because I know that they wow. do give the networks opportunities to kind of put their foot down on games and say, don't move this game. We want it. And it makes sense because Fox would have had the NFC championship. So my guess is this was Fox's game, but they said, don't move, leave it in our slot. Uh, but either way, uh, you know, I, I, I would, I thought about that game, but I, the thing that scared me about that game is yes, these last two weeks have been brilliant wins for Philly, but I also think, man, they got to be guessed. I mean, both of those games were just, difficult difficult games obviously one of them in overtime and and the Niners are coming off a bye so like you think about the rest right, difference right. between the game and I think that's probably what has influenced that line so much is you know even though Philly's at home you know and, and also you think about who needs it more I mean I think the Niners need it more you know they they want they're the ones that you know really talked a lot of a lot of crap to the Eagles after that game last year you know saying you know, well, if we would have had a quarterback, you know, we would have beat you guys and all that. And so, man, I mean, the, the, the trash talk was was really coming a lot from San Francisco. I mean, both sides, but mainly from them, you know, at least in the aftermath of that game. So I think it's going to be a great game. I'm a little bit worried about a letdown for the Eagles because even though I know the Cowboys are trying to, you know, are kind of hot on their heels, so they do need the win. It's, you know, every win is vital in the NFL. But I'm just a little concerned with, um, I wouldn't blame them if they come out and if they just man, just don't quite have the same level of, of energy after two brutal weeks and then the and the Niners coming in healthy and coming off fresh. That that's what makes me a little nervous about the uh, about that game for Philly. And to your point, the 49ers are a lot healthier than the Eagles are right now, as it is. Uh, they pretty much don't have any impact starters out or on IR. Uh, from from what I'm seeing right here, I mean they have their full uh, slate of offensive weapons available, right? They have McCaffrey, Debo, Ayuk, and Kittle all healthy and ready to go. They have their full defense as it as it should stand, uh, except Drake, Drake Jackson is on IR, but they brought in Chase Young, so you know what what can you do? And the Eagles, on the other hand, they are missing Dallas Goddard most likely. So this is doubtful. Uh, you know, Fletcher Cox is questionable. Nakobe Dean's on IR. So they, they have a few guys out who, you know, not, again, it's not like it's a huge, it's not AJ Brown or Devonta Smith or Jalen Hurts, right? Or, or their offensive line. But still, impact player in Dallas Goddard, for instance, missing uh, in a game like this could definitely make a huge difference because you can run offenses differently when you have your star tight end versus when you don't have your star tight end. Right, it opens a lot of avenues up and options when you have a playmaker like that. So, uh, you know, I'm taking Philadelphia because they're at home. I'm going to tell you the other pick I almost went with, uh, but I'll preface it this way: Would you bet on or against Joe Flacco? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I don't even know, man. <laughs> I, I saw that. Like, I, I mean, I, first off, it's like a shock to me that he's still in the NFL. He's 39, isn't he? He's like 39 I was just or about 40. to look that up. I, I, I think he's like 38. Okay, well, he's he, almost he, 39, he, January. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, gosh, man, you know, I, I, who knows, man? Who knows? Like, I, I mean, he. He obviously has the the intelligence and the veteran presence that I'm sure he can come in and pick up a lot of the playbook and and kind of know what he's doing. Um, but but Flacco has not exactly been known for his athleticism, even when he was younger, you know. And so and DTR is almost like the opposite, right? Like he's right. got a lot of athleticism and mobility, but he's raw. He's you know he's a raw product. He's a rookie. So kind of you know what a swing going from like. I mean, I can't. I feel like you couldn't pick a guy more opposite than than, than DTR in a lot of ways. Um, so I have no idea. I don't even think the Browns know. Like, do the Browns have any no, idea what they're going to no get? I, I mean, mean they probably said, "Hey, can you can you throw this ball forty yards?" Yes or no. <laughs> I mean, he did right. it. And they said, "All right, all right, you're." Yeah, but I mean, you think here. about the think about what a tough position they're in because I mean they're fighting like to the nail for a playoff spot. Um, um, and obviously now, you know, the, the, with all these quarterback issues and and I know they got some guys on defense that will be coming up that need to get paid as well. So and of course, you know, Watson has such a has a massive cap hit next year. Uh, so they're they're in a tough position as well. So um, but I do think, you know, who knows, uh, you know, he could come in if he comes in, you know, ha- throws for 250 yards, you know, maybe a touchdown and no picks, you know, with their defense. That should that should get that should get it done, or at least get yeah. them right right there at the end. And it seems like they need a game manager at this point, right? Because they had Deshaun Watson, and he's obviously out. Then DTR is in concussion protocol still. Um, yeah, and then the other quarterback on roster is PJ Walker. Yep. And you know we've seen enough PJ Walker at this point. Fun <laughs> fun to watch. That's about all you can say. So Joe Flacco, you know. He might have the same arm that we saw from Drew Brees and Peyton Manning at the ends of their careers uh, that I'm hoping we don't see from Aaron Rodgers next year. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's something to watch. But Joe Flacco coming back, you know, maybe he's he's smart enough to manage a team game still. So we'll we'll see. I almost went with them over the Rams. But honestly, the, the deciding factor for me was that the Rams are at home. And that's going to be hyping up the defense. And I just think that this defense, I mean, we know one thing about Joe Flacco for certain, and it's that he cannot avoid the pass rush, right? So even with a very good offensive line, you know, this offensive line is a much better run blocking unit than pass blocking unit. So I I think they're going to be taking Flacco to the ground a few more times than he would like to be. Mm-hmm. And then yep. he's going to retire after this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, like when Sanchez came back, right? To 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 make you quarterback the Redskins for a couple games, right? And then retired. What year was that? that? Do you remember? Was that nineteen or twenty? Okay. Somewhere around there. Um, I remember right, but uh, yeah. So, um, all right. So my 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 dumpster fire game this week. Uh, is probably not surprising. So, can't uh, Cam? If I if I if I told you there was a team that started off three and one, and after four weeks looked like they were going to be a lock to win their division, uh, and then now their coach is probably on the hot seat, um, and they're also going to be in quarterback purgatory. Do you know what team I'd be talking about? 
Are you going with the Panthers Bucks? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. absolutely. That's that 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 to me is clearly the probably the worst game on the slate this week. Um I, we already talked about the Panthers. I mean, they're they're just they're kind of they're they're a hot mess. The cupboard's empty. That's a difficult position. Uh, the Bucks, you know, really, it looked like early in the year. You know, they we went three and one, um, and three wins. You know, against decent teams, Vikings and Saints. You know, and then uh, and then the Bears, um, and then uh, and then the loss to the Eagles, which is which is nothing to to be too ashamed about. And uh, looked like this team might surprise everybody, and then they proceeded to go one and seven. Uh, the rest of the uh, the rest of the year. So um, they really Baker's been struggling. I know. I think they actually are missing both Levante David uh, and um, oh man, their other linebacker. What's his name? Devin White. Yeah, White. Thank you. Yeah, I think oh, both of those. Out. I think both of those guys are out. So I mean, those and are Jamel Dean. Yeah, Jamel Dean. Out. So I mean, yeah, three of their impact impact starters on defense. So you know, they're uh, that'll be. I just don't think that's going to be a very good game. And I do think I do think Todd Bowles is on the hot seat. You know, I, I don't think that folks really expected a whole lot out of him this year. Uh, but either way, you know, he was sort of planted there by Arians, uh, you know, as, as a successor, uh, obviously, when the, the Tom Brady era kind of ended. But um, I, I don't you know, Todd Bowles doesn't exactly have a sterling record of, of, of really being an excellent head coach. I mean, I, he certainly can coach defense, uh, but I don't think he's I, I don't think he's a top in line. Uh, head coach. So I think that job's going to be available. Maybe not till the off season, but, uh, but I'd be surprised if, if that job's not available. And, uh, and like I said, they're in quarterback purgatory because B- Baker Mayfield, you know, might keep you in some games, might keep you competitive, but, but no one's lining up to ask Baker Mayfield to, to lead their, their Super Bowl caliber team. So, um, you know, they're going to, they're not going to be a high enough pick probably unless they have to give up a lot to move up and get one of these top prospects. Uh, but they're not going to be probably sniffing the playoffs. Maybe, maybe because their division's bad. Who knows? But either way, that's a tough position for Tampa Bay, and I, I think that's my dumpster fire game. And I think that coaching position, uh, both of those jobs, one's already open. The other one, I think, is going to come open in the next few weeks. Yeah. Now, here's the sneaky thing about the Bills, right? In the last six weeks, they've lost by one score to the Falcons, one score to the Bills, one score to the Texans. One score to the Colts. So they've had four one score losses. Uh, some of them to very, you know, to, to good teams, right? The mm-hmm. Texans and the and the Bills, especially. And then I like the Falcons still, but other people don't really seem to. And so they, they're staying in these games. And their final schedule, they play the Panthers twice. They play the Falcons again, the Packers, the Saints, and the Jags. If they beat the Panthers both times, like they should, if they beat the Falcons and the Saints, that's four games. That's eight wins over their division opponents. They could make the playoffs. This yeah, team could, could be picking true. top eight or nine team, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. that's probably probably the outcome. So they if they end seven and ten, even eight and nine, probably seven and ten. The, it, it's a hard spot to be as a franchise when you don't have your quarterback, right? Yeah. So I, you know, I'm glad I'm not a Bucks fan uh, at, at this stage, uh, but maybe they'll they'll turn it around. Uh, but yeah, I agree. This is usually I like the games that you say are your dumpster fire because I think they'll be exciting. This game, not not so much. The Bucks should just win. Um, I'll look at 
Bryce Young's throws after the game or something. Uh, I'll be watching the Eagles 49ers a bit more closely at that same time slot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I do want to ask you about the about the Commanders Dolphins game, but before <laughs> I do, I want us to go ahead and I I, th- I saw a stat yesterday that said this is the tightest race in the AFC in like the past twenty years or something. Where the really? the, the, la- the last time that because there's really five teams that all still have a legitimate shot at the one seed. So I got to ask you now, who do you think ends up with the one seed in the AFC? Ooh. While you think about it, I I'll think it's my between. I, I, of course, I'll let. I, I think it's going to be the Chiefs, obviously. You know, and that's not just because I'm a homer. You know, the Chiefs do have. They do have a couple tough games left, but uh, they have the tiebreaker against the Jags and the tiebreaker against the Dolphins. So that means that they're basically in front of both those teams if they end up. So the only team that would have a, that would that that I think, of course, those are the teams with three losses. Other than the Ravens, which of course the Ravens have a bye week and they'll be back. Ravens got a pretty tough stretch yeah. at the end of the year, uh, and I think tougher than the Chiefs. So Much. I think the Chiefs will probably win it by maybe one game over the Ravens, but I, I definitely think the Jags and Dolphins will be right in the mix there. They're just both of those teams need the Chiefs to drop a game or two to to to, to flop them, uh, to get over them. But but anyway, so my pick is the Chiefs. But who do you think wins the AFC one seed? After looking at the schedules, I'm going with the Chiefs. I was going to say the Ravens are up there, but Chiefs have a very easy schedule, right? They they do play the Bills, but then they play the Packers, Patriots, Bengals, Raiders, and Chargers. They, they should win. I mean, they should win all of those games. They when When matching them against any team, they should technically usually win. That's just not how the NFL always works. So they, they, they'll probably end the season with five wins in those six games and then the the ravens on the other hand have to play the jaguars who they're up against for the Mm -hmm. one seat the dolphins Mm -hmm. who they're up against for the one seat and the 49ers so as well as the rams and steelers right like the steelers could could win that still um so i think it's going to be the chiefs again (laughs) Yeah, and I, and looking at the Dolphins' schedule, you know they they so they got and I know we're going to talk about next. They got the Commanders this week. They got the Titans and and then the Jets. Those are all I would say should probably be W's. But then they do have a pretty tough last three games. They have Cowboys. Then they play the Ravens, like we said, and they close against the Bills. And let's be honest, that game against the Bills, that's that's probably going to still mean something to the Bills for sure. Like that, they're, oh, yeah. they're probably going to need that, you know. So you're going to probably have a really desperate Bills team at the end. So. You know, I think if you're Miami, you're looking at three, three probably wins for sure, but then three toss-up games. You know, you could go two and one, one and two in there. So, you know, I think uh, I definitely think it. I think it's I think it's lining up to probably be the Chiefs. But it's fun to see. It's fun to see these teams. You know, and it's it's fun that there's this many teams that can still get hot and 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 end up in the top of the conference. So, uh, well done NFL for having it for keeping us engaged and having a fun season so far. Yeah, I, I do really like this the swap. Was it 2020 or 2021? The swap to an extra playoff team? I think that was very good. 21. Yeah, okay, 21. Yeah. Yeah. And because and, you look at the race right now, and in the AFC, you have your number one team in, in each division. We we just touched on all of them. And you have two seven-win teams 
with the Steelers and the Browns, and they're in the same division. Mm-hmm. And then you have all these six-win teams, including the Bills, right? You have the Bills, yep. you have the Broncos, uh, the Colts, and the Texans. The Texans, yep. And the yeah. Colts, man. Well, how are the Colts still in the running? That's that is shocking to Coaching. me. I mean, yeah, yeah, Steichen, man, that guy can coach. He's for sure. a stud. Yeah, we we all knew it, right? Yeah, he, he's a stud. So they made a great. Great hire there. Minshew, uh, man. They might Minshew yeah. might get him to the playoffs. That's just yeah. what is it? It's there's no timeline of return for Anthony Richardson this year, right? I don't think so. I thought they had put him on IR and he was done. Um but... I think you're right. I yeah. I it would just be crazy if Minshew got them to the playoffs. Yeah. I, I do think it you know, I think it's been interesting that yeah. I just I think overall the AFC is just really shaping up to have a really stellar end of the season. And I think we already talked on it, but I think the NFC, I still think it's a two horse race. And I think that this game this week between the 49ers and Eagles is going to tell us a lot, but I, I will be genuinely shocked if, if, if one of those teams does not end up with a one seat. Um, and I know that the Eagles already have that advantage, but, um, but even with this loss against the Niners, the Eagles still have a, have a great chance to end up with that one seat. Um, and I think the Niners are really good. So I, I do think um, – I know there's still certainly some playoff spots up for grabs in the NFC, uh, but I do think that it's sort of a two-horse race. You just know that an NFC South team is going to be making it to the conference <laughs> championship game, right? The it, Falcons? You still believe in the Falcons? <laughs> <laughs> They're leading the division right now at five and six. They're Desmond, in first place. Desmond Ritter this is goes crazy. into Philadelphia. <laughs> By the time they get to the playoffs, they're just going to have both Heineke and Ritter in the backfield. Yeah, exactly. Just standing next to each other, and the Wish center's bone. just going to choose. <laughs> Wishbone with two running backs, or two yeah. quarterbacks, I mean. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so what yeah. do you think? That was my long way around to ask you. What do you, do you, do you think the commanders got a chance against the Dolphins this week? No. I don't. I just <laughs> flat out. I, I saw a, a pretty funny thread on the Commander's subreddit earlier today. Uh, I'm on there a little too often. But this guy was saying his wife surprised him. You know, wife, his 12-year anniversary with uh, some Commander's tickets for the Sunday. And he's like, she doesn't know the Commander's state right now. She's just being nice. It's going to be rainy. I don't want to go, like, sit in the game. And everyone in the comments is like, just... Tell her that you have fun no matter what, and it just enjoy eating food because we're not winning. But <laughs> but go go have fun, you know. And anyone going to the game still, you know, especially this game. Prop props to you. It's it's still super fun to go to the games. Uh, but I just don't see see a chance of us pulling this one out. And at this point, not not even sure I want to. It's always fun to win, but as such a draft enthusiast myself it, it is does make the offseason so much fun when you have those early picks and high capital in each round so uh you know again hey, if you're going to the game you get to see the cheetah in real life so enjoy that you know uh because he's fast on tv and he's very fast as well in real life so yeah make sure you that. have your phone so you can hand it to him and you can yes. do a couple back and then later. get banned and then get right. banned from, from everything Gosh. No fun yeah, league. The no, the no fun league, for sure. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> oh, so there you go. Everybody. Sorry, speaking of the no fun league, did you see that Goodell wants to ban the Tush Push next season? No, I did not see I, that. I he saw this that? several hours ago. Oh, wow. I, I, I need to look into it more, but that was the line. Goodell uh, 
Goodell to. I was kind of surprised they didn't ban it this last year, honestly, because they, they had really, I had heard that they had had a lot of momentum for that in the offseason with the competition committee and stuff. But um, I think yeah. they wanted to wait and see. But it really, it, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I also wonder how many more years like Jason Kelsey's going to play. And he's obviously like such an important part of that play. Yeah. And he almost retired this last year. So, I mean, you kind of, you know, I wonder if they get, I mean, obviously Jalen Hurts is really built for that play too, but I mean, you get a new, a new center in there and. Uh, yeah, Kim Jurgens, he's going to take, Kim Jurgens okay. is going to take over. He's going to do, do a fine job, I yeah. think. But so, yeah, I mean, yeah, what, um, what gets banned though? Is that you cannot push your quarterback in the that back? That would probably be, yeah. yeah. Or that, does that, it we'll expand see, other players? used to be. So right. the rule, the rule back in the old days, right? So I think they changed it in like 2002 or something. But before that, in the in the cloud, you know, two yards in a cloud of dust days of the NFL, um, it was that you were not allowed. It didn't matter who the player was. You were not allowed right. to push any play. You, if it, an offensive player that has the ball, you can't push them from behind. Um, right. And could, the refs you, never you called could, it. Yeah, right. But that was technically the rule was you couldn't push them right. from behind. So, you know, you, you could try to get up next to them and like push the pile. Right. But you couldn't push them. So, you know, it'll be curious to see. Well, to see have a pile, do, someone but... has to be pushing him by definition. Right. 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 So <laughs> I guess I guess what they would do is try to like line up. So like right now on the tush push, right, the, they put two tight ends right in the running back positions and then the tight ends just basically push Jalen Hurts with their right. shoulders, right? You could still so do I, the I guess, play without exactly, pushing his Exactly. So what they'd probably do to get around it is maybe instead of hitting Jalen Hurts, maybe they run, like, next to him and just try mm -hmm. to, like, push the pile. Yeah, push the offensive not push him, right? And Yeah, exactly. Push the offensive lineman, and Hurts just keeps running forward. So, yeah, they, I don't know what you do other than that. But but right. that might make it a little bit more technical, uh, you know, and, and maybe nuanced, you know, kind of like jumping over the – jumping over the center right. right on a field goal like you, you can do it you know but they but they're very they watch for it and if you don't do it perfectly they'll call it and right you know, that sort of thing so who knows yeah um, i mean they're not going to just ban the qb sneak altogether they're not going to say quarterback yeah. cannot pass a line of scrimmage within one second of receipt or anything no. dumb like that so yeah. it, there there will certainly be ways around it if it does get banned yeah Yep. Um, it's another game to touch on. Um, you know, not a whole lot to say about it. I mean, obviously, I'm excited to see my Chiefs against the Packers. Uh, that's on Sunday Night Football. Packers uh, won OP. last week. They did. Packers yeah, they look good. We watched that game yeah, together against did. Detroit. Uh, Detroit did a very Detroit thing, which was their biggest game of the season uh, on national television on Thanksgiving, and they played terrible. So, which is surprising because they're they're really a good squad this year. So. Yeah, that was uh, that was surprising. But I'm um, excited to see the Chiefs play in Lambeau. Of course, the Chiefs have actually faced J Jordan Love before. He filled in for Aaron Rodgers when Rodgers was hurt two years ago. Um, and I think Love was a rookie and uh, played a game against the Chiefs in Arrowhead. And the Chiefs just, like, relentlessly and brutally blitzed him the entire time. They just basically ran zero blitz against him, and he just couldn't get it done. Um, and uh, obviously, he's a different player now, and he's really coming around. And I still – I know I've said earlier in the season I don't I didn't think that he has it. I don't know if you know if he has that that franchise level level play, but man, he has been playing much better. So um, I still expect the Chiefs. Let me see what the line is. The Chiefs are favored by a, a touchdown. So obviously, as a road favorite, they they you know they're obviously the Chiefs are a better squad right. for sure. So um, and I think that the Chiefs are, had a kind of a get right game against the Raiders this last week. So um, I do think that. 
you know, I think it'll be uh, I think it'll be an entertaining game. I can I can see it kind of back and forth in the first half, but I do think that by the by the middle to late third quarter, the Chiefs will will take away with this thing, and I don't think it'll be very competitive in the fourth quarter. Uh, but you never know. That's why that's why it's the Shield. You never know what's going to happen. Right, and you know the outside opinion on the Packers seems to be that you know they they have these young, talented wide receivers, and Love's not, you know, he's been underperforming most of the season. You you talk to people who watch every game in and out, and especially the the analysts of the Packers, the people who are close to the action. The receivers are typically the ones underperforming. They're not separating. They're not pulling in any contested catches. They don't have – Christian Watson is not pulling in contested catches specifically. And Jordan Love will throw those balls. If he gets a one-on-one matchup he likes, he will always take it. And that that is probably what he's instructed to do as well as his play style, right? If he was not instructed to do that, he probably would not still be doing it, right, at this point in the season. But he's giving them the chance. And his receivers just aren't really separating. So I, I think he's been playing a lot better than most people who haven't been watching him as closely may think. Um, that That is still to say that uh, he hasn't necessarily proven himself to be a franchise quarterback, but they're definitely going to give him the reins again next season. I I think anyway. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I mean, you could say that Bryce Love, Bryce, Bryce Love, Bryce Young <laughs> <laughs> has a similar issue, right? His receivers just aren't getting open. I, I see a, I, there's a chart I was sent uh, earlier this week that I thought was interesting is how often quarterbacks throw to open receivers and their charted accuracy on those throws. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young has a second, uh, second least frequent open receivers ahead of only Kyler Murray. And he's the most accurate quarterback in the NFL when throwing to open receivers. Interesting. Who's Which is interesting. Re- so who's throwing to the most open receivers? It's got to be, I'm thinking hold of on, the teams with elite. Tua. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm thinking of teams with the elite wide receivers. I was thinking of the Bengals and then the, the Dolphins. Yep. Tua that and then Purdy. So, uh, well, yeah, Purdy, definitely. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense for sure. And I would think that, I would think the Eagles would be up there too. I mean, they, you know, they obviously have elite wide receivers as well. Yeah, I I don't see them towards the top here. Yeah, in the middle of the pack. Yeah, it's pro- probably in the bunch bunch of many names in the middle. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's still interesting. Again, a lot of Bryce Young hate going around, especially in the fantasy football community. I've seen some ridiculous trades and super flex leads, leaks moving off of him, like Bryce Young and multiple first-round picks for Brock Purdy and stuff like that. It's like, oh. Maybe, you know, you, you don't know. I think it's far too soon to be tanking its value that significantly. But that's why I like watching the Panthers more than most non-Panthers fans. All right, let's see. The, uh, before wrapping it up here, let's see. Any other games we want to touch on? I, I'm going to be watching the Falcons-Jets because I just hate myself. That's why I'll be watching <laughs> that game. I think that's going to be a low scoring, like a very low scoring game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But watching B. John Robinson is just always fun. He's the most, he might be the most fun running back to watch. He He's just so much fun. I mean, besides maybe HN when he's on the field, right? Because he can just yeah. house anything. But yeah. 
And, yeah, no, there's actually a few other games. There's a lot. I feel like there's a lot of middle of the pack games, you know, this week. So I, I actually think it's a decent slate. But you know, there's definitely a lot of teams that are still in the mix. Um, you know, I think the Lions have a bounce back against the Saints. I know the Saints are still in the mix in the South, but I think the Lions really want to come out and show that you know what happened on Thanksgiving Day is not who they are. That was more of an anomaly. So I expect yeah. a strong bounce back game. I do too. Uh, you know, from the Lions. Um, and then we got that Colts Titans game. I think that's another kind of low scoring, ugly game, you know. Um, but who knows? This Titans team, you know, Ray, like we've talked about a lot, Rabel, Rabel knows how to coach them. You know, they're four and seven, but, you know, he, he's going to have those guys playing hard uh, and has them really, you know, really wanting to win. So who knows? That could be an entertaining game, actually. Um, yeah. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the Patriots end up taking it over the Chargers. Oh, no. I just, I it just wouldn't surprise that, yeah. me. Now, did Damn. you see the graphic that was put up earlier? This, you know how they when they advertise the teams, they always put the team's best player. Usually, it's the quarterback. Yeah, was Mac Jones just, not on there? No, it was Bill Belichick. <laughs> oh, nice. They didn't even choose a player. Come see Bill. Really Belichick. It doesn't matter who's uh, out on the field. But just see the hoodie on the sidelines. That's yeah. crazy. Well, remember we we remember you and I talked about how they were dead, right? And uh, how they were toast, and then they beat the Bills earlier in the season. So yeah. you know, and I know the Bills aren't right, but still, that I mean, they you never know. So I, I as much as as much as I think the Chargers are better, that wouldn't shock. The Chargers will find a way to charge them. Yeah, the um, Patriots are not, just so devoid of talent. Yeah, just they, everywhere. Yeah. That that's going to be a very Bill thing to do too. He's going to leave them you know, uh, at the end of the season. And then they're like, there's nothing in the cupboard. You know, they're, they're pretty bare. Uh, okay. But- I, I don't want to take this too long. I know we're, we're a bit over time now, but uh, do you, what do you think Bill Belichick does at the end of the season? Do you think he leaves and do you, goes somewhere else to another team? Yeah, I think he goes somewhere else. Um, because as what? I don't know, man. Yeah, see, that's the thing, right? Like, Bill Bill can coach, obviously. There's never a debate about that. But like we said, Bill, the GM, not not ideal, no, right? Not and, and, a lot of, and a lot of great coaches, you know, have, have – when they recognize the challenge of trying to do both roles, they've given it up. I mean, Andy Reid, I'm biased, but he's a great example. He was the GM and the coach in Philly, made all the shots, and he realized that he couldn't be the best version of himself when he did that. So when he right. came to Kansas City – you know, they hired Brett Veach. Well, originally they had John Dorsey, then they had Brett Veach in. And Andy doesn't, you know, he doesn't make personnel decisions. He just coaches with who he has. And uh, and obviously they consult him, but that's, that's really a great a great setup. So I think the challenge is, is that I think Bill is extremely stubborn. So yeah. I, do not, I do not think he'll give that up. I think he's going to want full control. So the question then becomes, I do, and I do think Robert Kraft is going to want to move on. I think, that, I think both sides are just going to say it's time. Um, but I don't think Bill steps away. So, so then I ask myself, well, what, what kind of owner would be willing to just give, give it over to him and say, Bill, do your thing, which don't is what Josh Robert Harris. Kraft has done. You, I don't know. I mean, the, they're not a terrible fit, honestly. Like, I don't see David, Te- like, I don't see Carolina. I don't see David yeah. Tepper, you know. Um, but I mean, some oh. other, some other, you know, he, you know, he's, he's kind of a meddling owner. So I would say him probably not, but I mean, like we talked about some of their teams, Bill's not going to go. He's not going to go to the Bills. There's no way Robert Kraft in any scenario no. is going to let him go to the Bills. So what about the Chargers? You know, I mean, he's kind of like a East Coast gruff kind of guy, but you know, California son, Justin Herbert, a pretty loaded roster. I mean, that could make a lot of sense. You know, see what 
I think it would be best if you went somewhere as a defensive coordinator, but I think there is a 1% chance at yeah. best of that happening. I, yeah, his ego I won't, so. won't let yeah, him ego won't be frustrated. Yeah, uh, if he, he if he did take that position, he might not do as well because he 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 would feel like he doesn't have his the control that he needs. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if he goes to a place that hires a or that has an offensive head coach, right? Offensive head coach, offensive coordinator working Get on the offense and say, Bill, defense is yours. That go. Yeah. Right. You want to know another sneaky place that no one's talking about, though? That mm. I, and this is coming from the brain of Alex Rogan, which is a scary place. You know, a place <laughs> that makes sense, though, for Bill? I would oh, think no. Chicago. I would think Chicago would make sense, right? Chicago. Uh, because he's got some draft picks. You know, it's also a, uh, with the Haslam family, like they would, you know, or Hallis, excuse me, the Hallis family, you know, they would be definitely willing to just hand the keys over to him. And they've been such low expectations. I mean, Bill would definitely, I think, bring some excitement back to Chicago. And Bill just seems like he's just a gruff Chicago type of guy. You know, I, mean, I can he see just it. seems like he'd fit in there. So I think the draft picks coming could also kind of entice him. Once again, that GM side, I don't know if that's the best idea to have Bill come in there and start picking and, and use but, picks. But either way, you know, and I think that they would be more than willing to probably hand over a lot of money to him, too, and give him a big contract. So. I think that's a sneaky destination for him is uh, Chicago. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I can see it. I, honestly, I say I can see it, but I can't picture Bill anywhere else right now. It's just hard to do. You can't picture him mm-hmm. away from the Patriots. Um, so I'll believe it when I see it. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, man. Any other games? No, I think we touched on everything. Um, we The only ones we didn't touch on, just to wrap up real quick, Cardinals, Steelers, yeah, I think that it'll be an ugly game and the Steelers will win like yep, 17 to 14 or something. Yeah. Um, and, then, exactly. and then and then the last game, <laughs> Bengals, Jags, that's pretty heavily favored for the Jags right now. They're they're already favored by nine. Um, who knows? That number might even go up a little bit. Um, so I, I I think that that's a that's a game that um I don't think it's a Monday night game. So, you know, you never know, but I, I expect the Jags to to probably win that pretty handily. And who takes the Colts Titans? Oh, you, you know, I'm going to take the Titans, uh, actually, you know. Well, that's an upset pick right there. Why not? So. Uh, maybe I should have taken that one. Yeah, that was my backup <laughs> pick, right? What, what was the line? Uh, 1.5. Oh, well, it's okay. Well, it's a, yeah, okay. So it's it's more like a pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'm very glad that we were able to get back here and, and finally start talking again. And, you know, Alex and I were talking a bit uh, in, in person and over the last couple of weeks. And we do have some exciting news that we are going to be doing this year round. When the season ends, we are not going to stop there. We're going to be going talking throughout the offseason, talking about the draft, talking about the coaching changes, talking about uh, the franchises and all the moves they're making, free agency, you name it. Even come at, after the draft, there's still plenty to talk about. So we're going to be, be making this year round podcast. And then throughout the offseason, I will also be sprinkling in some bonus episodes, some dra- mock drafts here and there, some anything I hear about franchises that I want to talk about. I'll, I'll hop on for 20 or 30 minutes, leave you guys a little something. So really looking forward to that and, and just the prospects of making this a year-round podcast. It's exciting, Alex. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we're thinking about, you know, uh, we'll be ramping up too around the draft. We might even have some special shows, maybe like a draft watch party or something like that. Um, could be a lot of fun. So, you know, we definitely got some things in mind there. And, uh, you know, we, we might take some breaks during some of the slower parts of the summer, 
um, you know, as we kind of go after the draft and, and after draft and free agency are done as we get closer to uh, to training camp. But but there's still plenty to talk about. You know, we can do our rankings and our picks and kind of think through there. So it's been a lot of fun um, and uh, we definitely have enjoyed it and I uh, hope you guys have uh, have been enjoying coming alongside the journey with us. Yeah, and hopefully we will get back on a normal schedule next week, as I've been saying every week for the last month or two. <laughs> Try to see you guys on Tuesday or Wednesday, but, you yes. know, we'll see. I, I think we can do it this week, Alex. It's, I think it, we yeah, got it. We'll try. It is, you know, it is Christmas coming up, too, so I think that kind oh, of throws man. everything off a little bit, too. Um, you know, but but either way, yes, we will we will be aiming to be back on track on Tuesday night. And if we goal. don't, we'll make it our New Year's resolution. To do so. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us again today. Hopefully you enjoyed this. You might not have a chance to watch it before the games, but uh, hopefully you enjoy it anyway, and we will see you next week. Have a great weekend watching football, guys. Later. Peace. Peace.